This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Since we're all staying home, we're looking for advice on things to do. And so we turn to Katha Pollitt, poet, essayist, and award-winning columnist for The Nation. We reached her today at home in Manhattan. Katha, welcome back. Hi, John. Yes, I'm always home. Well, a lot of us are looking for suggestions about movies to watch. What do you know about this film, Contagion? Contagion. Yeah, we saw that the other night. And it's uh, it's very exciting, um, as in stressful, upsetting, disturbing, makes you want to tear your hair out and <laughs> never leave your apartment. <laughs> uh, in, in this movie, a pandemic kills millions of people. But the good news is it's ultimately defeated by a black guy, a Jewish guy, and the three most beautiful women in the world. <laughs> Well, that that sounds like a must viewing, but you say it was stressful and upsetting. Do you have a better idea of uh, how to spend your time than watching Contagion? Well, this is a very good time to catch up on the classics. So I took a look at uh, Daniel Defoe's Journal of the Plague Year, which I had read like, I don't know, 50 years ago, a million mm-hmm. years ago. It's a terrific novel. He wrote it in 1722 about London's Great Plague of 1665 when he was only five years old. And uh, it's it's like so many 18th century, wonderful 18th century books. It's both incredibly boring and marvelous. So you're simultaneously annoyed saying, oh, just get on with it, will you? <laughs> and also amazed at how smart and well-written and interesting it is. I imagine that Daniel Defoe's Journal of the Plague Year shows just how much things have changed with epidemics since 1680. Well, some things have definitely changed. Um, there are uh, coronavirus is not as fatal as the Black Plague was, and uh, there aren't a lot of people dying in the streets. Uh, <laughs> so that's all good. Things could be worse. And uh, most people survive COVID-19, which is not was not so true of the Black Death. But some things don't change, mostly having to do with the folly of human beings. We may have come far, you know, medically, technologically, socially. You know, it's not the 17th century. We can manage emergencies much better if we choose to do that, as not everybody does. But in some ways, people haven't changed at all. Uh, they had quacks, they had miracle cures, and we still have those, um, even though we have far higher levels of education and medicine can actually help you, which it couldn't really do back then. Um, so we have, you know, they had, oh, let's go to this fortune teller and we have crystals and anti-vaxxers and homeopathy. So uh, in Contagion, interesting, there's a wonderful theme that is more meaningful now than then, where there's a blogger who is pretending to be a crusading journalist. He's always going about, print is dead, print is dead. And he makes millions decrying the mainstream media and promoting a bogus cure. And I say, you know, today he'd have his own show on Fox News. That, that's the standard now. Um, and, and this was, this was uh, you know, how different things were in 2011, where that would seem like, oh, here's this really weird thing that's going to happen. It happened. You know, if you compare the Lord Mayor of London in 1665 to Trump, there's just no question they, that that long dead 
politician handled things much better. I mean, you know, we'll, we're going to forget how Trump fumbled and denied everything in the critical early phase of COVID-19 when we could have made an enormous difference. And he was saying it was a Democratic hoax. I mean, really, you know. So sticking with Daniel Defoe's Journal of the Plague here for a minute, I, I imagine one of the biggest differences is is that God. Wasn't God a much bigger explanation of things in the in the 17th century? The plague was God's punishment for the wicked or something like that? Well, you know, it's funny. I don't really get Defoe's actual position because he was very against the very popular idea that the plague was God's judgment on the unright- unrighteous. He, he noticed that, well, actually, good people and bad people seem to both be struck down or both escape. There, you, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. But he also believed that somehow the hand of God was in it, but not in a miraculous way. He had that clock, you know, that 18th century God is the watchmaker idea where, wow. you know, he everything is nature except every now and then. God puts his finger on the scale. But he was, uh, I, I think he was, uh, for his time, a very, very rational person. Can I tell you something that isn't in my column that um, I forgot to mention about him? He Please. Figured, okay, so he figured out what we're, we are also figuring out about COVID-19, which is how can it be that you're fine and then all of a sudden you're sick? They did not understand this fact then, and that was where they got the idea that you could be struck down in an instant, that, the, that this plague just worked incredibly quickly. But actually, he said, that's not true. You had the plague, and it was working internally, and then what looks like your sudden death is actually the last phase of a disease you've had for a while, and you were contagious all that time, and that's how it's wow. Yeah. So that's just like now. So today, uh, there are a few people who believe that God's hand is evident in the plague, aren't there? Well, there are. I mean, feminists, lesbians, gay people, liberals, atheists, those are all blamed, as they always are, to say nothing of Trumpies who believe the coronavirus is a democratic hoax. Or what about, oh, yeah. Rush, Lim- what about Rush Limbaugh? I love this. How this, how people can be so ignorant and stupid and be listened to by millions of people is such a mystery. So he told his millions of listeners that the reason it's called COVID-19 is because it's the 19th coronavirus. So it's obviously something that happens all the time and nothing to worry about. In fact, 19 stands for 2019, the year this particular disease was up again. So there it is. So. After we watch Contagion, after we read Daniel Defoe's Journal of the Plague Year, do you have any other recommendations for reading? Well, I do. I I think you should try The Decameron. This is a fun book that is 800 pages long, so you might not get all the way through it. It's about uh, 10 people, 10 young people, seven, seven beautiful women and three handsome young men, and they escaped the plague of 1348 by holing up in the Florentine countryside where they flirt and tell dirty stories and have a high (laughs) old time. Uh, So I recommend that. Just take yourself out of this current world and put yourself in fantasy Italy. So 1348, that that was a really long time ago. Are there... Are there any lessons for us uh, 652 years later? Well, I like the message of don't let yourself go. It's hard to do, I know. But you'll just get depressed if you 
if you wear the same clothes every day. And so keep your standards up. And um, I'm keeping my standards up. I'm wearing, uh, right now, I'm wearing a very pretty pair of purple pants and a nice black <laughs> shirt. And I've got my earrings on. And I put, you know, glop in my hair. Even though it's just me and my husband here, no one gets to see this except for him. Although he is a real person, so there's that. And I think you should, you know, try to make a nice meal if you can. Go for one of those solitary walks. Play music, play games, keep up your friendships, even if it's, you know, online. You know, it shouldn't be, this shouldn't be the moment at which you sort of turn into a bat in a cave. Katha Pollitt, not turning into a bat in a cave. Her new column at The Nation is called Tips on Self-Isolation from Daniel Defoe and Giovanni Boccaccio. Katha, thank you for the excellent advice. Thanks for having me, John. Stay well. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.